Welcome to the To Tell Us Die podcast. My name is Jenny Donnelly, and you and I are on a still journey. If you've been with us over the past several episodes, then I hope you are finding that realm of rest because it is absolutely the best, I have to say. So if you have your copy of The Still Book, that's amazing. If you don't, you can go to thestillbook.com, grab your copy, and join us in this journey. Today, we are talking about one of the seven ways to find calm in the chaos. Now there's probably a million ways to get out of this chaos and into the place of rest with Jesus, but seven ways are what the Lord downloaded to me several years ago. One of these so important and really black and white. So I love talking about it because it's one of those that I feel like you can just hand over to somebody and they just get it really quick. And that's today. This is the way called put on praise. So putting on praise, what is this all about? Let's do this really quick. Would you take a nanosecond and evaluate how you feel right this second? Maybe on a scale of one to 10, 10 is like, I feel amazing. Haven't felt better in my life. And one is like, I'm tired. I'm feeling pretty blah, feeling pretty bummed, pretty down today. So why don't you go ahead and give yourself a number? Okay, you got it? I want you to hang on to that number because we're going to come back to that question here in a little bit. So putting on praise, what does that mean? Let's go to Isaiah 61 verse 3 in the NIV. This is, this is what it says. And provide for those who grieve in Zion to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. When I read a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair, I just saw this very direct exchange that if I had despair, if I had the blahs, if I had the blues, if I had this oppressive feeling, if I felt frustrated, if I felt like life was sitting on top of me and I'm suffocating, whatever that feeling is that you and I have both had, I'm sure that you've had it. I've had it too several times. Well, I call that despair. And the Bible is very clear about this, that we can exchange our despair for a garment of praise. And so when I read this translation as a garment, I just took it really literal. Okay. So I'm thinking, wait a minute, it's a garment. Praise is a garment. So if I'm going to hand over my despair and I'm going to take on praise and that's the exchange process, then I'm just going to put on praise just like you'd put on a garment, put on a piece of clothing. So that's what we're going to do today is we're going to talk about and actually do this. We're going to put on praise because it's just too easy. I want you to think about this morning when you just put some pants on. Okay. Maybe you put a coat on, maybe you put a hat on. If you're in the Northwest at this time of year, you put a hat on because it can be a little chilly. So what about your shoes? You know, you just put them on. There's no like, Oh, I really don't feel like putting on my shoes today, even though I'm going to walk outside. No, you just put them on. And praise is just like that. You don't have to feel like praising God. In fact, when you have despair, you don't feel like praising God. It's those days where you have to go to work or you have to go to an appointment and you're laying in bed going, I want to lay in this bed all day long. I don't want to get dressed. But because you don't want to get fired, you get out of bed and you put your clothes on. 
So this is the very same type of feeling. And I still have those days. I still have those moments where I'm thinking, is there a dark cloud over my head following me around? I feel heavy. I feel funky. I feel like something is off. What is going on here? Wait a minute. I know what to do. I need to exchange this despair for a garment of praise. So how does a person put on praise, right? You're thinking, okay, great. I want to do that. How do we do that? I'm going to get to that in a minute. But what I want to do first is I want to point out something kind of funny to me and very interesting is that everywhere you go, everywhere I go, there is probably a spoken or unspoken dress code. Okay. So if I go to the gym, I will not be wearing work boots. I will not be wearing a cocktail dress. I will be wearing clothes to work out in. Now, if I go to a gala or to an auction or a really nice dinner, I'm not going to be wearing my workout clothes because there is either a spoken or unspoken dress code. And my point in saying this is the resting place. And if you've been with us for any length of time, if you've read any part of the book, if you've heard me say much at all, you know that rest is not the behavior that we're referring to, the behavior of resting. We're talking about a place of rest. It's a realm of rest. I want you to let that sink in. It is a realm. It is a place. It is where you can let every worry go because God has your back. He is your steady rock. He is your anchor. He is your father. He loves you. He sees what's going on in your life. He has plans to turn things around. He knows exactly what he's doing and he hasn't lost control. So you can, I can relax in this place of rest. It's a dimension of rest. It's a place. Okay. You got that right. So if we want to go into the place of rest, into the throne room, because rest, we know this, it's Jesus. Rest is the person of Jesus. When we are with Jesus, we are in the place of rest. Now, Jesus is with us all the time, but if we're not aware of it, then we can live out of rest. We can live in unrest. But when we're aware of the presence of God, when we are aware that he's here, he's good, we can trust him, we can rely on him, then we're in the place of rest. We're in a completely different place. We're in a completely different realm of thinking. So to go into this place of recognizing, hold up, I am with the King of Kings. I am with the Lord of Lords. I am in a realm of rest. I am in the throne room with God. Whoa, that's, that's crazy. That means that I'm not going to show up in my clothing of unworthiness. I'm not going to show up in my rags of, I'm not good enough for you, God. I'm not going to show up in my torn up clothing of, I am so embarrassed. I feel so much shame about who I am as a person. We're going to have to get dressed up in praise. The Bible calls it a garment. Isn't that amazing? So this is like, okay, if I'm going into the throne room, what am I going to dress like? Well, I'm not going to dress like I am dressed right now with this podcast because right now I'm in my workout clothes (laughs) because I didn't quite get a shower in before talking with you today. But if I'm going into the place of rest, obviously in the natural, you can go there wearing anything. But if I'm going to go somewhere nice, I'm not going to be dressed like I am right now. You guys get it. Okay. I'm, I'm really, I'm really beating this in because what I want you to know is that we cannot 
be in rest and be dressed in self-pity. We cannot be in rest and be dressed like a victim. My husband is so good for me. God knew exactly who to give me to marry because if I come to him and I say something like, hey, Bob, I really need you to da-da-da-da-da because really I just don't want to do it myself and, you know, he can do it faster and better and easier, it seems. And he knows that I am kind of maybe coming in with a victim, a victim garment or a, I can't do it, or I don't know what I'm doing, you know, or lazy garment. <laughs> then he'll go, uh, you got it. You're smart enough. And it's like, oh shoot, you know? And so he is my best friend. And the reason that he's such a good friend for me is he doesn't let me live my life dressed like a victim or in self-pity or in blame. He's such a good dad too, because he doesn't let our kids dress themselves in excuses and make them think that this is a really great way to dress yourself. Because here's the deal. We want to live in rest 24 seven. That's where we're headed, you guys. We're headed to a place where we're gonna get this down and we're gonna get to this ability where we wake up feeling peace. We go to bed feeling peace. Something crazy happens in our day. Peace has not fled from us. We are in peace. And in order to do that, we have to disrobe the tattered counterfeit clothing Maybe your family, let's think about this. Were you raised in a household that dressed themselves in negativity? Okay, maybe negativity was the language of your home. And you're thinking, well, was it? I don't know. And, and the thing about this, it's hard to know, right? Because we're just raised in it. But it's, do you remember going to the family's house when you were younger? You walked in and there was a funky smell. Okay. And you were like, Oh, it smells in here. And yet they were just carrying on with their life. And you're thinking, Oh, they don't know it smells because it's their smell. Okay. So that is the issue with clothing is I am paralleling it with attitude. So our clothing is our attitude. It is our affection. So if you were raised in a household where maybe your mother played, and I'm just kind of grabbing this out of a random example, but maybe your mother played the role of a victim or misery. And so you were around somebody who dressed like that. And so maybe, maybe you were repulsed by that and you're thinking, oh, I just can't stand that. I don't like it at all. But if you were to go through your closet right now, maybe you took a few garments from childhood and they're still hanging up in your closet. And every once in a while you put those on. And so nobody can do this inventory for you. I couldn't sit down with you and say, oh, okay, I see what you're struggling with. I'd have to spend a lot of time with you to know that. And you know what? That's why counseling is awesome because they're usually the ones that we pay to say, give us the truth. Okay. <laughs> some of us don't really like the truth, but some of us are really blessed when we have a good counselor and somebody that we can, that we can go to and they can help us find the things that are hurting us instead of helping us. But all that to say is go ahead and scan your own wardrobe per se of attitudes that you wear during the day. Do you wear the garment of irritability? you just put that on because it's like, I cannot stand this coworker. 
I mean, I love my job. I love everything about my job, except for this coworker is driving me batty, driving me nuts. So I'm going to go ahead and wear happy praise on my way to work. I'm going to put my worship music on, but when I get to work, I'm immediately going to put on irritability because that irritability will make sure that they stay away from me. Because you know what, let's face it. If, if I'm wearing stinky clothes and I have BO and you can smell my workout clothes that I've been in for five days and haven't taken a shower, (laughs) I might be Jenny happy. You know, I love Jesus, but if I haven't changed my clothes, I promise you don't want to be around me. You do not want to be around me if I have stinky clothes on. So sometimes we put on stinky clothes to keep people away. You know, it can be one of those things that we do because we're like, oh, I just don't want to be around that person. And so this can be a challenge because if we start smelling good because we have washed attitude on, we have fresh laundered attitude on and we smell good and we um, have praise in our heart, then what happens is we cast light on people and they want to come closer because fragrance causes people to lean in. If you have flowers delivered to you, what is one of the first things you do? You lean in and you smell the flowers. And Jesus actually calls us to smell like Christ. So when we're putting on a garment of praise, we're actually putting on the fragrance of Christ. And so Christ doesn't smell like anger. He doesn't smell like irritability. He doesn't smell like um, a critical spirit. He doesn't smell like insecurity. He doesn't smell like jealousy. And yet these are the clothing items that we choose to put on in order to protect ourselves or in order to try to succeed. And most of these things, you guys, comes from our childhood. It comes from what we think is the best way to cope with something. So really what we're doing here in this way to find calm in the chaos is we are choosing to take some of our attitudes and not take them to goodwill, but put them in the fire and burn them up, burn them up in the blood of Jesus, because in and of ourselves, in our own strength, we can't do this, but we can offer those attitudes to Jesus. We can say, I don't want this attitude of irritability. I don't like being mean to my coworker, but I don't know how to survive their personality. I don't know how to survive their negativity without being negative myself. So you're just going to have to go to the Lord and say, I'm going to put on praise instead of this garment of ick. Okay. And I'm going to come to your throne room dressed appropriately. Now, if you're going to the throne room, who are you going to see? You're going to see a King. Well, that King happens to be your father. When you're going to see a King, you are a queen or you are a prince or you are a princess. You are going as royalty is my point. Royalty does not dress in rags. Royalty does not dress in I'm lesser than clothing. Okay. When I have dreams about clothing, by the way, this is kind of a side note for you guys. You might find this helpful, but when you have a dream about like shopping for new clothes or you, you know, took off one sweater and put on another, um, that can be and I'm not saying hundred percent, but this can point to God is helping you change your attitude or get a new attitude. So isn't that helpful, right? So garment of praise, how are we going to do this? Let's get down to the X's and O's. So a garment of praise, what we're going to do is we're going to think about two things here. We're going to think about affection and using your voice. Those are the two parts that are required to put on praise. So you're going to have to use your voice. You're going to actually have to say out loud with your voice, God, you're good. 
thank you, Jesus, for helping me. You are so faithful. You always come through for me. You never have let me down. God, thank you, Lord, for being here for me. Thank you that your word is true. Thank you that your promises are yes and amen. This is me using my voice to you just to give you an example. Let's back up and talk about affection. Affection is, according to the dictionary, a gentle feeling of fondness or liking where we place our affection becomes the thing that we are most aware of. That was my add-on. Where you place your feeling of fondness or liking will become the thing that we are most aware of. If you have a teenager, especially a boy, you know this to be true because they have a fondness or liking for fill in the blank video games. I'm pretty sure we all just filled in the same blank. They love video games. Boys love conquering. They love levels. They love achieving. So, you know, you can't blame them for that, but where their fondness is, where their liking is, where their feeling of affection is, is what they're going to become most, the most aware of, right? So we will lean into the thing that we have the most affection for. So some of you have been praying, you've been saying, God, I want to get closer to you. God, I want to know more of your love. God, I want to, I really want to go deeper in you. I want a deeper experience with you. I want something more than what I have right now with you. And so this is your key is to place your affection, place your mind, place your thoughts on him. Intentionally think about where did he come, where did he come through for you? The last time that you thought, Ooh, this is going to be a tight squeeze. And then he came through for you. That is where your praise comes from. Your praise comes from those places. And maybe he didn't come through for you in a way that you wanted him to. Maybe you're upset with him. Maybe you're mad at God. Maybe you're like, where are you? you know what? There's nothing wrong with those feelings either. If you read the Psalms, you will go see David have every single thought on paper. And it's pretty amazing to see this guy say, listen, God, where are you? And in Psalms 83, he says, God, don't be silent. That's the name of this poetic song it says, God, you have to do something. Don't be silent and just sit idly by can't you see what they're doing? All your enemies are stirred up in an uproar. They despise you, Lord, in their defiant arrogance. They rise up to host their secret counsel against your people. And if you go through these Psalms, you'll see David just kind of plead with God. You'll see him say, I'm bummed, I'm depressed, I'm in despair. And then what'll happen is he will turn the corner and he'll begin to remind himself about who God is. He will. He'll, he'll do that at the end of every Psalm or the beginning, he'll turn it around and he'll start saying, God, you've never left me. You'll always be there. And he's so, so good at that. I want to lead you in the direction of a few different things right now. I want to lead you into the direction of making this a reality right now. We're going to play a song from our lavish album. It's our Her Voice album. It is our personal worship team. We're so excited about the work that these guys are doing and the songs that are coming from heaven into their hearts and they're putting out on albums. This is our second album called Lavish. And what I want you to do during the song is I want you to begin to shift your affection and your attention to the Lord. And I want you to begin to tell him exactly how you feel right now. Just be honest, be vulnerable. Maybe you feel like David, are you sitting idly by are you just sitting there indifferent? Do you, do you care? Maybe 
you are in a totally different place and you're like, God, you came through again. You did it again. Thank you, God. But what I want you to do in this time is I want you to use your voice. God already knows your heart anyway. It's not like you're informing him of something new. He already knows. I want you to connect your mouth with your affection, with your heart. And even if it gets a little sticky, even if it gets a little personal, it might get heated. You might say, you know what, God, let's be honest. I've been upset with you. This thing didn't go through or this trauma in my life was so devastating. Where were you? You might have to start there and that's okay. And then I want you to feel him come closer as you are honest. And then I want your mouth to match the comfort that he begins to bring to you and the closeness he begins to bring to you and put on praise. You might have to just fill in the blanks like, God, you are so blank. God, I feel that you are blank. God, you promised in your word that you would blank. And you begin to reflect back to him, his goodness and the goodness he has had in your life. Just remember, go back and remember the things that he's done for you. You know, the Israelites were out of the Red Sea. I believe it was for two weeks. He had just split the Red Sea in half and they walked across the bottom. And not only that, he took the Red Sea and swallowed up Pharaoh right behind them. Pharaoh and his whole army got swallowed up. They got on dry land and they're like, what just happened? This is a miracle. God, you're amazing. And I think it was two weeks later that they had a golden calf out and they were worshiping it because they were like, where are you, God? So you know what? We can judge that all day long, but I forget sometimes too. I easily forget. So when I'm putting on my royal outfit of praise and I'm, you know, getting all girled up and pretty and I'm reminding myself not only of how good God is, but that I am his daughter and I am royalty and I am chosen and he chose me and I am his. So I want you to go there for just a minute. Don't go anywhere. Stay here for a few minutes. And then I'm going to ask you a question at the end of this podcast. I should be the one 
So what does your number look like after praise? I would be willing to bet that you have a higher elevation in your spirit, that your spirit is soaring a little bit higher than it was before. And that's because you and I were designed to praise God. There is something within us that's innate, that is built in, that is designed to dress in the royal clothing, the royal attire of son and daughter and the garment, now we know, is called praise. Thank you so much for being with us in this episode. I'm having a blast with you. and We've had such great interviews and we have more to come. Please stay connected to us. Subscribe to the podcast. Subscribe to our email list for sure so you can continue getting these emails and you just don't miss a single week. Go to thestillbook.com to get your copy of Still Today. And we'll see you next time.